Hello, Rich Bolas here, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Dad Mindset Show. Today, I chat with Rob Kenny, the host of the hit YouTube channel, Dad, How Do I? Coming from a broken home, Rob vowed to always be there for his own kids, which he's done. Once his kids grew up, though, his vow broadened to help anyone who needed a dad. So he started a YouTube channel initially to teach life skills such as changing a tire or how to tie a tie. And this has quickly grown into much deeper life lessons such as how to be a good parent and how to live with courage and empathy. His compassion-filled videos have really hit a chord, though, with millions of viewers' hearts. And you only have to listen to this conversation with Rob to realize that he's providing something that the world desperately needs right now. And that's genuine kindness. I hope you really enjoy this chat with Rob. Rob Kenny, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Rich. Now, Rob, I've got to ask, what inspired you to start your YouTube series, Dad, How Do I? You know, uh, <laughs> there's so much that, where do I begin? I, I don't know. I think because, you know, you mix in a little of my backstory of, you know, not having a, a dad there for uh, an important part of my my time. And then also, you know, raising my own kids and came to a point, uh, you know, because of my backstory of my dad not being there, uh, choosing to leave when I was 14, um, you know, I determined at a young age to that I that was my goal. That was my goal in life was to hang in there and raise good kids. So I married well. And then, you know, um, people go through a midlife crisis. Um, and I kind of even more so went through a midlife crisis of, wow, you know, I've accomplished that. I think my kids are great. I, they're adults that I love to be around and, you know, they're my peers now. But now that goal's done. I, I was a little bit you know, again, I think everybody goes through a midlife crisis in a sense where, okay, now, you know, what am I going to do now? But I really, it really hit me hard because that was my goal and I accomplished it. And so now I feel like I've got an opportunity to continue that goal with my, my internet kids. Yeah. And I I love the way you call them internet kids. You've got your two biological kids, but how many internet kids do you actually have, Rob? Yeah, so um, we're right close to 3.4 million now, um, and it's you know it's all over the world. It isn't U.S. And I it, the tricky part, you know, I I can't speak to everybody. Uh, <laughs> you know, I can only speak it with my own personal experience. My wife is Filipino, though, so I do get you know some of her culture mixed in to uh, to my to my life. But uh, yeah, trying to <laughs> be able to be a dad to people in, you know, the Philippines and in Africa and in Brazil, I've got a big, you know, just recently this morning, something must happen in Brazil. Cause now I'm getting comments to love you in Brazil. We love you in Brazil. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks. <laughs> That's, uh, I, you know, I'm and Australia early on, you know, when I first, um, before it really went viral, for some reason, I had a following in Australia. Yeah, it's funny you say love, like people saying they actually love you because you pour so much of that back into the the videos, and and like it's, I, I think um, what comes through is how much you obviously care about the the people that you're creating these videos for, and I, I think that's fantastic, Rob. Now, before we go on, though, I've got to ask because it's part of every video that you do. What is your favorite dad joke? Uh huh. It's hard to narrow it narrow it down because there's been a couple that have come across my uh, <laughs> across my plate, I guess, recently. But I, I still like the one where uh, an antenna and a satellite got married. The wedding wasn't much, but the reception was incredible. 
I'm totally going to use that today on the kids. <laughs> like it. So, um, what's been the hardest video to actually make for you? I mean, uh, just before you go into that, how many videos have you actually made so far? You know, I I don't actually keep track. I've I've been told it's over seventy now, so uh, you know I don't know exactly the number. I don't get into the analytics a whole lot, other than to go, wow, I got kids everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ireland and Germany, and it's crazy to actually look at you know all the statistics that you can see. So uh, as far as uh, you know, the hardest one, I don't know what the hardest one is. I I think um, probably the one on integrity. I talked about integrity and I talked about how men tend to run after shiny objects because I want to be sensitive to my younger audience, you know. Um, and so I talked, you know, in vague terms about certain things. And, you know, I, I think every time I put out a video, I go, ah, what am I forgetting? Is there, ah, you know, and then I, when I put it out to, I'm like, oh, that's right. I, I should have included that, but now it's up. What do you do? So I try to do my research, um, but I also, you know, it's been a very busy year because I'm still working. You know, I haven't left my job, my regular job. And so I'm doing that. And I was writing a book and, you know, trying to put up videos and having sponsorships reach out to me and doing interviews. And, and so my plate is pretty full, you know, trying to, trying to stay on top of everything. So it's a little bit difficult. I, I do feel like, you know, when I put that video out, I kind of make, you know, I, I got to make the time to make sure it's quality because I, if, if it's going to live on my channel. Yeah. And, it, and that really comes across because I remember one video you did where there's a plane flying over the top and the guy in the, in the garden next to you with a, a buzzsaw and, and you're like, oh, I'm really sorry about this, but I just got to fit it in because I just don't have much more time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I got a crow mocking me too, you know, uh, <laughs> It was a funny story really quick. So I had uh, CNBC come over. Uh, they sent a film crew over on Tuesday to my house and they, they showed up and the sound guy was there and he's like, oh, I, I love how quiet it is. It's so great. So we go in my backyard and they were just kind of checking and boy, almost on cue, a guy <laughs> right over from me is cutting down trees. He chose <laughs> that day to cut down these trees and he's got his wood chipper going and everything is, is like. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. I know I, I, I mean, you can't control that. So uh, it's one of the hardest things to control. Sound, I reckon it's one of the, it's such a thing to yeah. underestimate, isn't it? But yeah, especially when your next door neighbor loves his uh, power tools. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. Um, now, um, you you did say earlier that you know, like um, you 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 mentioned that your goal in life was to raise good adults, uh, not good children. But can you talk to that a bit more, please, Rob? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, it's important to raise people that can fend for themselves in the world. You know, uh, I didn't want my kids living in my basement. Um, and as hard as it was to send my, my daughter got married fairly young and she was, her and her husband were looking to go to Tennessee. Um, and as hard as that was for me, it was a crying moment, of course, but it was like, this is good for you. You need to, you get to go live your life now. Um, and same with my son, my son's, you know, on the East coast. Now my daughter's back. Um, but my son's over on the East coast now, cause he had a great job opportunity and like, it's your life. I want you to prosper, live and prosper, you know, go fly the nest. And that's hard. You know, it's, it's, it isn't heart wrenching. I'm not saying it, you know, I'd love to have him around and hang out with him and go to dinner with him. And, you know, but it's in his own best interest to be able to, uh, yeah, live his own life. And, you know, and again, you know, you hear the stories of people, 
you know, helicopter parents and that whole thing, you know, I get it, you know, but at the same time, you know, you want to get, give them the same opportunity you, you had to live your own life. You know, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't sit there and tell you what to do your whole life. You need to, you need to make your own decisions. One of the pieces of advice that you, you did mention, uh, was actually like make the most of it as parents because it is so fleeting and i'm i'm getting a glimpse of that now because my eldest daughter she's just turned 11 i'm like holy smoke like she's going to be out of here in no time and sarah and i are talking about if there's things we want to do with the family all together we got to do it quick because you know they're not going to want to hang out with us necessarily in in you know a few <laughs> years time so it's this golden window i guess yeah. Yeah. You, you hang out with them. I think that, you know, treat, treat them with respect and be quick to reconcile. Like we talked about, you know, if you're quick to reconcile and they understand that you have their best interests at heart and you're just doing your best. I think that's a big thing is I think if you pretend you've got it all together and then they get older and find out you don't, I think, you know, that's when people, kids rebel. Um, and so I think keeping that connection together. And then, like I said, my kids are my best friends now. You know, we talk every day to both of them and they willingly call me. I don't say, how come you never call me? They call me because, I mean, my son actually just called me right before this. I said, oh, I, I'm getting ready to go on an interview. I'll have to call you after. Uh, we just, you know, I enjoy their company. That, that's wonderful. And and the whole thing, uh, like the whole channel came about because your daughter was calling you so often asking you, hey, dad, how do I do this and stuff? That was... <laughs> I, I got Yeah, that's, that's part of it. So I got to be careful because she got some, uh, I don't know if it's backlash, but her friends were saying, do you really call your dad all the time because you don't know how to do things? And, <laughs> uh, you know, she's pretty, <laughs> she's very uh, smart and stuff. And so it did come out of the, yeah, the thought that what do other people do that don't have this resource, I guess I would say more so than her calling me all the time, wondering how to do stuff. So, yeah. and we talked just as friends and, you know, she was starting a business too. So I was telling her, cause I, I was in sales or still am been in sales for 30 years. And so I've gleaned, you know, this is how I've done it. And so I kind of walked her through how to build her business. And so we were talking all the time about that. Yeah. Yeah. And the point you made earlier, Rob, um, really resonates with me as well. That that idea that be quick to re reconcile with your kids when you've made a mistake. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's one of the biggest turning points I've felt uh, for me as a, a parent in the last couple of years is, is being ready to go, uh, look, I'm really sorry I blew up then. Like I, I wasn't, you know, I've, I've got a whole bunch of things going on and just explaining the situation to the kids. And they've really sort of, I, I think, appreciated that. And, and we're, within sort of minutes, it's sort of, they forgive me. Uh, and I, I yeah. think I, I never used to do that. And and that's probably the one of the biggest things I've learned in the last couple of years. And it's made such a difference. And it's been so good. Just being, you know, <laughs> totally honest with them. Look, daddy doesn't have it all together. I'm trying, but I don't. I, I love it. I, I, you know, and I've shared it. That's, uh, that's beautiful. That's music to my ears, uh, Rich, because I, you know, I, it, like you said, you know, your kids don't know what you've got going on. You know, you go to work and you have a bad day and you're stuck in traffic going to work and you're stuck in traffic going home. And, you know, you just think you're carrying the weight of the world because you got the pressure of trying to provide for your family. You got all these things. And oh, why is dad crabby as <laughs> well? You know, um, and then if you can just come, come back and help explain it to them. And this has been, been a big thing. It's some, not something I did, but it kind of came to my mind as this was all happening, as dad, how do I was happening? And I've, I started encouraging people to write a mission statement. You know, when you start a 
you start your own uh, business, you always make a mission statement because this is what we want to do. And, you know, I'm sure you're rich. You can relate when you held your baby for the first time. You're promising them the world, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to do this and I, you know, I'm not going to do that. And this is it, you know. So I think it's important to um, maybe have some parameters that you set up for your own self that you can refer back to and oh man i've gotten away from that i need to get back on track yeah. so i think it's i think it'd be a valuable resource to just create your own mission statement as you become a new parent that's a really interesting point rob because i think yeah people pour so much into it like deciding what the values of the company is and and then the mission statement and and then trying to condense it down into almost like a single phrase often times but you don't hear many people do that as a family and yeah i agree it'd be a fantastic thing to even work on as a family together not even just the parents right yeah, yeah and you can modify it and you usually you know businesses modify them too they start out with this and then as you know a couple of years in they go ah you know this probably fits more with what we're being called to do i think you know, I think it's, uh, it's something to guide you so that you don't lose track. And then, you know, and I, I also try to encourage people to think long term about their decisions because, you know, like my dad, you know, I can speak from my dad's, my experience with my dad choosing to, you know, I'm done raising kids. That wasn't really an option. And by him doing that, there's a ripple effect, you know, he doesn't just go and oh, everything's fine behind him. Well, my brother had to pick up the slack. I ended up living with my brother, you know, um, other people had to kind of clean up the mess <laughs> that was left behind. And so I'm trying to encourage people, you know, to think long-term about the decisions that you make. Yeah. It, it was, it was sort of heart wrenching to read that in, in your book, Rob. And I think what, what I took from it as well, it sounded like your siblings picked up a lot of the slack. I mean, you, you, you lived with your brother, Rick, you know, your, your sister, you know, there are key pivotal things that, that obviously were very meaningful to you that, that your siblings almost provided rather than your parents. Uh, and it was amazing that your siblings actually did that. Yeah. I, 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 thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate your thoughtful questions and the fact that you, you know, again, uh, put in the time and you even know my brother Rick's name. So, <laughs> you know, they, uh, they mean a lot to me. My family did a lot, you know, the siblings and that's what I share in my book. And I try to pass that along. Um, because, and here, so here's an interesting thing. And I said, I do share this in my, in my book, when I turned 50, I went around to each of them um, and thanked them for the quality traits that they had. So here's another thing I haven't shared with anybody uh, other than my family knows this. But so my dad was there at my 50th birthday, too. And by that time, we'd reconcile. And my dad was there and I went around to each of the siblings and thanked them for what they did. And then my oldest sister, Mary, said, and what about dad? Because I didn't I didn't have anything for my dad. Uh, prepared to say. And I, I said, you know, I, I just want to keep this about the siblings. I wasn't trying to, you know, I wasn't trying to slap my dad in the face or anything. I, I just was trying to recognize my siblings because, you know, my dad, you know, uh, again, not trying to hold it over his head, but he did make the choice to, <laughs> to, you know, leave at a pretty critical time in my life. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, I've, I was reading through the the comments on uh, on your your channel and so on, and it's really touching because there's such a spread of heartwarming and also harrowing stories in the comments sections. Um, do any particular stories spring to mind? I think you know the one that really I can't get out of my head. I mean, there's multiple where people have called and said, you, you know, you're the reason I'm still living. You know, where people have said, you know, I, I had given up hope. And now that I found you, I feel like I, 
you know, I'm being encouraged. Um, but there was one where this gal, and I have heard people say they're coming and watching me tie a tie and just sobbing, you know, just because of the dad moment um, that maybe they never had or they miss or that sort of thing. But I still remember this one where it said something like, you know, I, I have this deep pain in my heart watching you that, and I don't, I can't reconcile it. I can't figure out what what's causing it or why I feel this way. I've never felt this way in my life. I don't know what to do with it. And she it, ultimately she ended up saying, you know, I, I'm happy for it, but I still it, it's confusing to me because she couldn't process what was happening <laughs> with the connection with a dad. She must have had a you know a horrible dad or never had a dad. I don't know. Yeah, and that's definitely what seems to come through on a, on a lot of the ones, you know, people saying that um, you're, you're like the dad they never had and, and things like that. And and I think you, you couldn't have started at a more important time either, Rob, because so many people going into lockdown last year with, you know, the pandemic and everything, I think it, it probably took people to a place where they felt very lonely as well. And, and for you to be that, you know, that, that sort of, uh, should we say, stand-in dad, must have been sort of wonderful for people to sort of, I don't, I don't know, maybe there's a, an element of timing there or not. I don't, yeah. I think it was, you know, and so it, here's something a little bit interesting with it. When my daughter was encouraging me to do this, she was also saying that um, her, from her perspective, she said, I think people are tired of hearing from celebrities, <laughs> you know, that are, have, are in their gated communities that don't, they can't relate to. Uh, she said, I think people would probably enjoy hearing from a dad. So she was the one that kind of pushed me to, to go ahead and, and do it. She said she had watched Jimmy Kimmel put together a bike or something just for like 30 minutes. He's putting together his bike for his kid. Um, I think it was just because of the sense of calm and the sense of, uh, yeah, just feeling like it was a safe place. And so I think you're right. I think because of the pandemic, I think I, I've used the term perfect storm, but then it makes it sound like maybe I planned it. I, you know, I didn't plan, <laughs> I didn't plan to switch careers. I didn't plan to become famous. I didn't plan to, you know, any, any of this. Um, but I think the timing was, I think my daughter was onto something as far as, you know, that people wanted to just hear from a, a calm, normal guy. Yeah, and I think from in my my situation, I when when we went into the the lockdown, I started calling my parents almost daily. I really tried to to get you know get in touch with them because I knew that they were locked down together on their own, and they were pretty much locked down, uh, bunkered down away from everyone because you know they're um, in that sort of really high risk bracket. And uh, but after a while, I found that my mom would always say, "Oh, thanks ever so much for calling us. It's it's great." And I'd be like. No, no, I'm actually, I'm not doing it just for you. I'm, I'm really enjoying this as well. And, and I think she, <laughs> nice. both her and my dad didn't realize that, you know, it's a two-way thing here. You know, this isn't just about yeah. me calling to see how you're doing. I, I like to just hear your voice, you know. And, and so, yeah, it's so well, nice. I like you already, Rich. We don't really know each other, but I can tell you're a, you're a good man. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Likewise. Um, I, I feel like I know you a lot better having read your book and watched your videos. Though, so. um, yeah. Yeah. You obviously seem to be providing something that people desperately need, Rob. So what do you think this is and how can we as parents listening all contribute as well? Yeah, you know, I, I hope uh, people are inspired to, you know, I, I think I've used this before where I've, you know, uh, a lot of times dads are portrayed as Homer Simpson or made fun of in sitcoms or, you know, uh, 
Ed or uh, Al Bundy, Al Bundy, you know, there's a lot of stuff where people make fun of dads. I, I'm hoping to make being dad a cool thing. You know, uh, you can still, you know, I'm athletic. I like to, you know, I like to read. I got a lot of other stuff going on, but being dad was very cool for me. It still is. And I'm hoping that people can, again, going back to the long-term thing, you know, don't run after stuff that doesn't last. This is important, you know, take it seriously and enjoy the ride, you know, and your kids will thank you for it. And your neighbors will thank you for it because, you know, that's another thing I used to say about my own kids. I, I want people to enjoy spending time with you. You know, I don't want to bring you over to their house and you're a terror. You know, it, it isn't so much that, oh, you're making me look bad. It's like, I want you to, you know, it's for you too. I want you to be able to talk to anybody and everybody and enjoy people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I, I get the feeling that things are changing uh, bit by bit as well. Um, yeah, there's a TV show in Australia called Bluey. I'm not sure whether it's it's reached the, the US yet. I think Disney's bought the rights. But um, it's an incredible cartoon, seven minute slots. And the dad in that, he's he's funny, but he... He's like a role model to me. When I when I watch, nice. like when I was yeah. when I had my kids, I'd sit down and I'd I'd say, "Oh, let's watch an episode of Bluey," and it almost primes me at at the start of the day because he would be really fun and and he would have a really cool sense of humor with the game that they were playing, and it was seven mm-hmm. minutes, but it would set me up for the day, and I'd try and emulate it, and I thought. <laughs> we, we don't get that on TV much. We don't have those role models of, and I don't mean like an absolute person you want to be like exactly, but just ideas of how to interact with kids in a fun and loving way that's not like you say the Homer Simpsons or the Al, Al Bundy's. And, yeah. and I think that's something that's really, really of need now. And, and another one that I really love, I don't know whether you've come cro- across Ted Lasso yet, which was Jason Sudeikis. Love Ted Lasso. Like that, yeah, my daughter introduced me to it. Ah, I yeah. reckon it's the yeah. best TV show I've ever seen. It's, but, I, <laughs> but I, 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 for me, because I've heard someone talk about how parenting is very much about being a coach to your children. Mm. You know, you you want them. You want, and I love the the line that Jason um, says in something like. I think episode two when he goes, you know, I just want to help help these guys be the best version of themselves. And I think for, from a parenting perspective, that's all you want to do as well. And and yeah. so, like, I've taken so much from that TV show too, you know, showing yeah. up as a as a great coach. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking for inspiration in all sorts of areas like that. And I think TV and, and YouTube is a brilliant medium to actually learn that stuff because it's, it's all the – is it like tacit learning that you can't really explain as well? Sometimes it's, it's just, you see the whole picture. Right. I, you know, I, uh, it's interesting. So I, you know, there's been a talk of a TV show for quite a while for me and it's kind of bounced around. A lot of people are interested, but nobody's really kind of committed to it. I think they don't know what to do with me. Uh, and actually recently (laughs) (laughs) there was a one, uh, uh, TV show that was very interested. And then they came back and they said, he's too nice that I'm too nice. Uh, so I thought, you know, I don't really care for the word nice too much just cause I, I think it has connotations of not having a backbone, uh, in my mind, you know, I think being nice is good. You know, I, I like kind a little bit better cause it's, you know, it comes from a place of, you know, just trying to be good to people, but I also have a backbone, you know, I'll stand up, I'll stand up for myself. I'll fight for my family. I'll do whatever, you know, I think it's, 
uh, but I don't have, you know, I try not to have a whole lot of drama in my life. And, you know, unfortunately TV, a lot of times, you know, they want some drama and I think that's what they meant by it rather than, you know, that I'm too nice. I, I think they would maybe want some sort of drama, to drama of drama to come out of it. But I, you know, I look at Mr. Rogers too, and people have called me the Mr. Rogers of the next generation. I shy away from that just because of, you know, he's on a whole nother level, but I do think that Mr. Rogers, um, you know, I think he, uh, when I was a kid, I used to hide watching Mr. Rogers because, you know, my brothers would come home. Oh no, I'm watching Mr. Rogers. You know? <laughs> uh, but now he has a whole new respect. He, he did it well. He lived his life well. And he walked alongside of people, loved people, wasn't flashy. He just was himself, just kind of, you know, uh, calm. And so I think, you know, maybe when I pass, maybe that's when <laughs> the people will appreciate what I was trying to do, you know, rather than I, I don't want to create drama just to create a TV show. I don't want to be on TV just to be on TV. If it's something that's wholesome, like Bluey, which I've never heard of, but I'll have to check that out. Uh, you know, if it's something like that where I'm helping uh, people feel like, hey, you got this, you can, you can do this. It's the things are temporary. You're struggling now, but, you know, I've lived long enough to know that when I've struggled with something, you know, it's it usually uh, you know, it's temporary. And then also when things are amazing, don't get too high too, because, you know, uh, things, time, it tends to move on yeah. and, and you go through all kinds of different things and you look back and go, ah, oh, that was amazing. Oh, that was tough. I didn't think we we're going to get through that. You know, I, I, from this vantage point, I've kind of seen a lot, you know? Yeah. So. And may, I mean, maybe it is. Well, actually when, when people say you're nice, I, I actually think it comes from like, it seems it, you're just incredibly authentic and what you see is what you get. Cause when you say at the end, like I, I care for you, you got this, I love you. Like that seems totally genuine. And I think that's probably what is something that people just aren't used to <laughs> because I think the whole system <laughs> seems to be set up in a way that is skewed towards people at the extremes. And, and maybe that's, but, um, and I, I love what you say about kindness as well. And I couldn't agree more, Rob. Like I, I had this great, interview where the 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 guy had written a children's book and and it said something about um when i was young i wanted to be this but now i just want to be kind and and i think it was <laughs> and i took that away and i was like yeah when i was young i wanted to be a truck driver and now i just want to be kind and and, and it's, it just feels really nice. good it's yeah yeah i yeah. I, I shared this i shared this recently too you know i feel like i I don't know if it, this is the right term, but I feel like a leprechaun walking around spreading joy. It, it, you know, it's like, oh, here you go. Sprinkle a little bit of this on you and sprinkle a little, little on you. You know, I, I went to a, a book, a local bookstore where they needed me to sign some stuff. And they, they were originally told by my publisher that I wouldn't write, uh, you know, uh, personalized notes to anybody. And I called them. I said, I'll come over. I'll come. Over. I want to do that, you know. So, so I went over there, and then the guy that was working with me, you could tell he, you know, he's a little older gentleman. Probably didn't get a whole lot of attention or whatever. And I was interacting with him, and we were having a great time. And at the end, he he said, "Thank you so much." He said, "I really enjoyed having you here." And it's like, yeah, you know, I, you, you got to remember, and I share in my book, you know, you got to remember the the people that you might not think are you know, important to impress, you know, uh, but you know, those are people too. And you'll be fine. You find out, wow, that person's actually <laughs> knows this guy who, whoa, you know, ultimately was in your best interest anyway, not the reason to do it, 
it's just nice to be kind to everybody. You know, I, I, it doesn't take, it's just, you know, it takes a little bit of effort and, you know, you're in charge of it though, in your own head, just be nice to everybody, you know, or kind to everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather than nice, but be kind to everybody. And, you know, it'll come back to you, I think, because, you know, I, I and the, the camera crew that came here on Tuesday, they were unloading I'm out there. Hey, can let's, uh, you know, what can I do? Can I help you unload and help set up? I, you know, I'm, I'm not some superstar that just going to sit back in a green room or whatever, wait for you to call me out. I, you know, I want to interact with you guys and get to know you as a, you know, as a person. Yeah, that, that reminds me, I think it was Oscar Wilde. Um, I mean, it could be truth to anyone probably, but apparently when he would be at an event, everyone would want to talk to him, but he would sort of shun that. And, and he would look around the room and, and identify the person that seemed to be shying away the most. And then he would walk mm. over, strike up a conversation with them, try and find out something really cool about them. And then he would share it with the rest of the group. And, uh, and I just thought that was such a wonderful story because all of a sudden he's he's just def- deflecting whatever attention comes to him and just like shining a light on on this person and and it must make all the difference to that person and and you yeah. know he can sort of sit back and go yeah I just did that there's a there's a whole crowd of people that get on right <laughs> now I, I can go sit in the corner myself now <laughs> maybe yeah I love it boy that is that is awesome and I, you know when I was younger too you know I've always been an athlete too um, and when I was in high school. I always liked to have the guys on my team that were not the athletes. I'd love to, to try to, you know, uh, let's see what we can accomplish together, you know, and try to build them up rather than, you know, in gym class or whatever, I would, I wouldn't pick my buddies, you know, I'd try to put me on that team with those guys and see what we can make. You know, I know I can, you know, if I join up with a bunch of jocks and we're playing against guys that never picked up a basketball, <laughs> of course we can beat them. What's the challenge? The challenge more is, what can we create together with uh, a bunch of people that maybe don't think they can? You know? Yeah, oh, that's great. It's, it's like you say, it's a proper challenge then. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not right, just right. not just ego stroking. If you you go, right. yeah, we're yeah, totally going to no crush effort, these yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> right? What is that? You walk away feeling, oh, way to go. Yeah. You know? uh, how much? How much effort did that take? Yeah, I've just pushed some guys further into their shells. Yeah, that's exactly exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, way to go. <laughs> yeah, well done. Well done, me. <laughs> Now, um, the, you mentioned the elder gentleman earlier, and, and one of the things that struck out when I was reading about you was um, you mentioned looking to others for inspiration and guidance. Can you tell us a bit about your Uncle Bud? Because he sounds like such a character. Amazing. Uh, just an amazing man. You know, uh, he's in Kansas, or he, he passed, you know, uh, but he was in Kansas, so I didn't get a seat day to day with him. But uh, yeah, so his plane went down in World War II. He was a prisoner of war for a time. Um, and his fa- he was burned, um, you know, all over his face and lost both his arms. Um, and so lived the rest of his life that way. Um, but you never heard him complaining. You know, you, you'd go into a room and the man would light up the room. And he would, so he'd just, you know, he'd keep you from, thinking oh i need to feel sorry for him right away you you would never feel that you feel like man everybody wants to be around him you know you're just sitting there listening to him he didn't necessarily go into details about his story he kind of shied away from that because i think that was that generation but um yeah he made everybody laugh he set everybody at ease so that nobody was worried about saying the wrong thing about him that he might take offense at 
he just kind of, you know, kept that away so that you never felt, <laughs> felt weird around him. He was just a very loving man. Yeah, that, that's amazing because you, you can't think of a, a situation that could be harder to be like that. But um, it, it's amazing yeah. that he actually did that. And, and look what it did to the world. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Now, obviously, you've just launched your book, Dad, How Do I? It's full of practical dad advice for everyday tasks and successful living. How did you actually decide what went into it, Rob? Because you've got a lot of stuff in there, but I know you've got even more material. So how did you cull it down? Where, what, how did you decide what made the cut? Yeah, I just thought it was important to, for because people were wondering a little bit more about my backstory too. So I thought it kind of, I hate to say checked all the boxes, but it kind of filled in some of the backstory of me forgiving my dad. And, um, and then, you know, I'm very proud of my family, my siblings. And so um, I thought that and I talked to the publisher about it and I'm a, you know, I'm a man of faith. And so I asked him, you know, well, I'd be able to share some of that, you know, uh, I'd do it in a respectful way where, you know, everybody ultimately has to make their own decision about what they're going to believe. Um, but at the same time, this is very important to me. So it's like, okay, how do I convey that in a way that's loving uh, without not being, without being preachy? But also, I got to be true to myself. You know, the reality is this is where I find my strength. And so trying to walk that line was a, a little bit difficult, but I think I did a, a good job. I've actually heard from one lady that said, you know, my parents were Bible thumpers and I hated it. You know, they beat me over the head with this. And she said, you come across, uh, even though you're, it's clear you're a Christian, you came across in a loving way. Um to be able to share your faith with me. And so anyway, my publisher was amazing. He, uh, his name's Mauro Depreta and he uh, works for William Morrow. And he, um, yeah, he gave me his word that I, he would be able, I'd be able to shape it how I wanted it. And then I, I threw out the idea of, you know, at my 50th birthday, I came up with this idea with my sibling, you know, how I wanted to recognize my siblings. I think that would make for a good book because it would help you, you know, with some great qualities that I can pass along to you. And I think it's important in everybody's life to go, boy, that's a good quality. I want to, <laughs> I want to make that part of my own life. Right. You know, you learn a little bit from, from everything. You can learn bad things, what not to do, you know, from people too. I don't want everyone to do that, you know? Um, so, so being able to put that together, I, I think it came together great. I had a great ghostwriter too, um, that was very good at, kind of helping convey the message that I wanted to convey. And like we talked about earlier, I don't know if we were recording or not, but when, you know, the, the, it's so hard to figure out where to, what category to put the book in, because I think people might be surprised. They probably think, Oh, it's just, you know, a bunch of DIYs from, from dad, you know, which might be nice. Uh, okay. But, but I think it's more, you know, like I said, for a graduate where, you know, here it's, it's a situation where, you know, you might <laughs> need some encouragement just in your own life and how to figure things out. And then I think I have, I think there's a, enough how-tos in there that are um, valuable that I think are worth the price of the book. Like with finances, I, you know, I didn't know uh, a lot of that and how to invest in mutual funds and how to get out of debt and how to set up a budget and, you know, a lot of that stuff that I kind of learned the hard way. It's much easier now too with the internet with uh, how to invest than it was when I first started 
uh, yeah. And then I have some dad jokes thrown in and I even got some bonus, uh, <laughs> material too. So yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, the bonus material I threw in, cause I always felt, I've always tried to live this way is to under promise and overperform. You know, uh, I've had so many times where people say, Oh yeah, I'm, you'll have that tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes on like, where is it? You know, Oh, it, you know, tomorrow. Okay. Well, you know, uh, you, you set me, set, set yeah. up this expectation for me and now you're not meeting it. It's not, doesn't look good. It doesn't yeah. look good to you that you've set up these expectations. And so I've always tried to, Oh, you're going to see that on, Wednesday, when re- I know deep down, you're actually going to see it Tuesday. You know, I, I, if you set the expectations at a certain point, so that's what I did with the book. I set the expectations at 50 and then I threw in eight additional ones uh, where it's like, you know, if one of the other ones weren't so great, then that <laughs> that'll fill the gap. You know, if, if they didn't resonate with you, then here's eight more as a bonus for you. Um, yeah. And then I got the dad jokes thrown in too. So I'm really proud of it. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I slowed it down. My brother Rick helped me with some of the sections of the book too, to make sure that I, I didn't want to throw anybody under the bus. You know, my, my parents, I think they started well, just got off track. And I explained that, how that happened I, as an adult looking back and I see kind of how it happened. Uh, and so my heart goes out to both of them. And then my brother, Tim too, I painted him in the, the best possible light I could. He has since passed. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm really happy with it. Um, there was a time where it's like, oh, I just got to get this done. I got to get it done. And Rick was like, Rob, you got to slow this down. <laughs> this is your book. You know, it's going to be out there. Um, yeah. You don't want to have it be out there for people, you know, to yeah, beat you over the head with it. Why did you say this? You know, I, I don't, I didn't want to be in that position. So hopefully you feel the same. It's interesting to hear people outside of my family and what their thoughts are. Cause I think ha- I have to believe you would think very highly of my siblings rather than, boy, he, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's more, man, my siblings are amazing and they are great people, you know. Yeah. It's interesting when you, you talk about, was it Rick who's the cabinet maker who helped you with the, yeah. how to put together the fence? Because like when you, when you said, oh, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to gun through this book. I've got to, I've got to finish it quick. And, and it just reminded me of, of the jobs when you're trying to do something, you're trying to get a job done in the garden or something, and the kids want to help. And that it's so tempting to just go, look, guys, can you just give me some space? And Or, Sarah, can you take the kids out so I can get this done? But I love your feedback when you said, like, I involved the kids. It took us three whole weekends. But what we got from that was just you know, we'd, we'd completed this task to get together to, you know, keep the dog yeah. in the garden and, and they must've taken <laughs> so much from that. So I think that's one of the biggest takeaways is like, look for those opportunities to, to share a job with the kids, get them sort of putting the nails in awkward, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect, but if you involve them, they'll love it and remember it forever. Right. I think so. And not sweating the small stuff. You know, I, when I did my pumpkin pie video, I talk about the crust, you know, not being perfect, you know, instead of, Oh, make spend, spend so much time pinching the edges that it looks like it's store-bought. Well, just go buy it in the store. Then yeah. if you're going to do that, you know, kind of help. It's kind of cool that it looks homemade. You know, I think that's part of the character of it. And, you know, I don't think you need to get stressed out over it being perfect. It's, it's more the love that was poured into it. And this is even proof that there's love because you can tell it's homemade. <laughs> yeah. And it's unique. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah I, right. I think that that was one of my, the, the things that I've, I still fight the most. Like if I see something that the kids are doing, I'll just, I'll be so tempted to just go over the top of it again. <laughs> I, no, no, just, 
just ignore it. It's cool. Yeah, that's great. And then you just got to let yeah. it go. But um, yeah, I found yeah. that really hard. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, you um, I mean, there are two main sections: dad advice and how tos, like you've said, Rob. I really like, especially enjoyed reading the dad advice section. Um, can you go into a bit about what you mean by holding with an open hand? Yeah, I think uh, so. That's the 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 chapter that about my brother Don. Um, and so let me share you th- share this with you. I haven't shared this with everybody, but um, so I got to do an audio version of my book too. Um, and the publisher asked me if I would read it, and he said it, it would be weird if no if somebody else read it. And I said, of course I got to do it, even though I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'll go into studio and figure this out. But just because I felt like it would just be weird to have somebody else do it. So when I was in the in the studio, um, when I read the part of forgiving my dad, I started crying and I had, you know, I've got a grown man that I'm that's in the studio with me. And I got a grown man directing me too, as I, you know, in my ear. And I'm like, you know what, I I need like five minutes to cry here um, because it's so personal, you know? Um, And so uh, that happened with my forgiving my dad. And it happened with the, the chapter on Dawn uh, how he made the sacrifice to keep us connected when, you know, when I went to live with Rick, he was a senior in high school and I was a sophomore and to keep us connected, you know, I share the story of him. That's a sacrifice for a senior in high school where he, you know, the normally a guy that's a senior in high school, last minute getting up, you know, can't spare a second, just gets to school. You know, he had to get up early, drive past our school, drive over to get me, drive all the way back. And he made that sacrifice for me you know, that that's pretty remarkable. It says a lot about him and he's lived his life with an open hand, I would say, where he, you know, God can put into it and God can take out of it. And that's kind of what the picture I look at it as is be generous. You know, you're going to be, people will remember the time when you took the time to, you know, do something, uh, you know, with your, with your money. Uh, and I share in the story, I share the story of, you know, going through the, the Popeyes and went to the local Popeyes and bought a chicken sandwich. And there were some people behind me that looked like they were, you know, maybe didn't have so much money and we just paid for their meal. Didn't wait around to see if they were, you know, didn't ra- wait around to be thanked or anything. It was just, again, like the leprechaun spreading joy. <laughs> Here you go. We'll sprinkle that on, you know, and it just made me feel good, you know, walk, go away, just feeling, oh man, that's that felt so nice, you know, even though I didn't get recognized for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there were so many bits in that section that, that really sprung to mind as well. I mean, like, like your sister, Laurie sending postcards, keeping you connected. She didn't have to do that, but obviously that, yeah. that made a, a big difference. And you could tell that she was like the, the glue trying to keep everyone together. Yeah, that was Mary. So oh, Mary, sorry. but yeah. it, it, so in fairness, no, in fairness though, uh, my sister, Lori, uh, kind of vice versa for both those, they, they've both uh, made sure to write postcards. Mary was away and Lori was still kind of involved with our family a little bit. So she, so she wouldn't have sent them at the time. Now she always sends a birthday card and sends all that. And Mary's always so very encouraging. So Lori's was about being encouraging. Um, and Mary's was about uh, the postcards, but it, mainly because she was out of state, you know, she was in another state. And so she was always trying to keep us connected. I think, uh, I think that's a good thing. You know, I, I I've shared uh, on other podcasts too about, you know, I think we tend to judge 
other people based on what they actually come through with. And we based ourselves on our good intentions. You know, uh, <laughs> how many times, <laughs> how many times you go, oh, I'm going to send that postcard. Ah, you never, you never did it though. You know, but I, in my mind, I thought about it. So that counts, doesn't it? You know, but actually following through and, and writing it, it means the world to the person on the other end when they receive it. There was a handwritten note, you know, that's, that's a pretty cool legacy. I don't, I wish I was better at it. Uh, my sister Mary and my sister Lori are both very good about remembering birthdays and remembering to write when you even just to write to just encourage just to say hey I thought of you today and just wanted to encourage you <laughs> you know that's pretty you know we all we all get busy time goes by and you think about it you know if you actually did it it would it means a lot to the people that receive it yeah and I, I I loved it when I lived overseas because, um, you know, it was in a time just as the internet was, was sort of taking off, but not quite there. And so I did a lot of letter writing and so on. And it was so good when you got that letter from someone. You're like, yes, okay, someone sent me some mail. Someone loves me. Um, and, <laughs> right. And, and I think to, to a certain extent, we, we miss that a bit today because like an email you can do so easily and it's almost like or a, a whatsapp or something it's it's it, the thoughts there but it's it's easier to do and 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 so what i tried to do recently i, I wrote letters to some people and then i took a photo and sent it by whatsapp so i kind of put the oh, effort okay. in so they could tell that i put the effort <laughs> in and then just to try and say look look i really love you so i, I wrote this letter but i'm not going to post it because that's like you know especially with the pandemic i don't know what people are going to yeah. feel about that but yeah i don't know but um, that's nice i actually recently on uh on my social media i wrote a thank you to people for and i hand wrote it um in my own writing just basically saying you know i just wanted to say thank you because the reception for my book has been great you know it's got uh, a lot of it, it on amazon has like 17 reviews and they're all five stars and so people that have actually taken the time to re read it I think it's resonating with people. And so it's actually doing uh, pretty well, I think. Um, and so I just wrote a, you know, a thank you. Uh, I'm humbled by it. I'm humbled by the fact that I even got an opportunity to write a book, <laughs> let alone that people are enjoying what I wrote, you know? So uh, yeah, I think it's important to take the time to handwrite it because it does, you know, it takes, it takes effort. There's yeah. more effort involved than actually sitting down and writing something. Yeah. Now, in your book, Rob, you've got a section on uh, how to be a good parent. Can you share some of the things you've learned about being a good parent yourself? Yeah, I think we've covered uh, several of those. I think a big part of it was being quick to reconcile, you know, quick to ask for forgiveness. You know, like you shared, you know, I think I think kids are pretty quick to forgive you if you own up to your mistakes. You know, uh, I, I think the world is pretty quick to forgive if you own up to it. You see a lot of people, you know, they get themselves in trouble and then I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And when they finally actually own up to it, people are, you know, pretty quick to forgive. Um, it's when you try to try to run from it. So I think that's the same uh, in, in your own family. And just staying connected, you know, I uh, I just watched a movie recently where um, a guy was talking, it's actually a preview, so I can't actually tell too much about it because <laughs> the movie's not out. <laughs> and they wanted my comments on it. <laughs> but there was a, there's a scene where the actor's sitting there and he, he just lost his wife. Uh, and then so this guy kind of chimes in and it's his boss and he's talking about, you know, kids are difficult or whatever. And he shows a picture of his kids and his kids are all goth, you know, they're all... Uh, rebellious <laughs> kids and because uh, I used to have that you know that resonated with me because I was like I used to have people say just wait you know just wait when your kids get to be teens just wait and it's like 
but I think, you know, I think I have a different relationship with my kids. I, my kids love, you know, being around me and they, then they respect me. And, um, so never had it, you know, I didn't have that situation where my kids didn't want to be around me. You know, we've had friction. Everybody does. Um, but again, being quick to reconcile and being quick to come back and say, Hey, I didn't handle that. I, I'm so sorry that I didn't handle that well. I've never done this before, you know, <laughs> doing the best I can. I, I, I think I've shared this before too, that, you know, uh, we used to always pray every night with the kids. And so that was an easy way to confess before my heavenly father that I don't got it figured out and please help me, you know, and it was an easy way for my kids to hear me and hear my heart um, for what I would like to be compared to what I'm coming through. With. Yeah. So you actually got uh, to communicate so, your intent, which is what we yeah. don't often get to do. <laughs> That's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It actually was a, a, a nice side thing that happened just because we were praying together. Yeah. In, in, um, in your book, you have a section on why it's, um, not wrong to question authority. Like, do you have any suggestions on how we as parents can encourage this in our kids? without breaking the law too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That was a tough chapter to dance around a little bit, but I think it's important. I think it's important to um, question authority, be respectful though. You know, I don't mean being a rebel. I don't mean, um, but I think it. you know, you got to ultimately, I wanted my kids to live their own life. And I shared that about my daughter having to come to us and say, you know, I'm not meant to be a pharmacist. This isn't what, my dream, this is kind of your guy's dream. Uh, so this is what I'm going to do. And I'm so thankful that, cause I don't want her to live her life for me. She's got to live her own life, you know, ultimately. So it's difficult. I think it's one of those things that you kind of mold and shape as your kids get older, you know, um, so that they should be able to have a voice, but also understand that you, you know, you, again, I, I think you have to, if you keep that relationship tight where they understand you have their best interest, these are the reasons why I'm doing this. You know, I'm not doing it to make you miserable. <laughs> yeah. You know, God sets down some rules for us. It isn't to make you miserable. It's because he loves you and he's trying to give you some guide guidance, you know, I think so. But I think it is important to question because I think um, even for myself, you know, when I was raised, you know, uh, my mom would say, you just believe it. Cause I told you, yeah. well, you know, that's not, that's not going to work when my, you know, I go off to college and my friends are saying, you believe that? Yeah, I just do. You know, okay. Well, you know, I need to be able to reason through it myself so I can have solid answers for why I believe what I believe. I think that's, you know, it's unfair to your kid that, you know, to not give them the, the chance to reason things out for their, for their own selves so that they can defend what they, why they're making the choices they're making. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it, Rob? I I, um, I read a, a blog. It's it's the longest blog I've ever read by Tim Urban. It's called The Story of Us. And in that, oh. he, he talks about how he just had these beliefs in his head about, you know, who was the best like political party and all that sort of stuff before he went to university. But then when he got to university, people would ask him, so why do you think that? And he's like, uh, ooh, uh, I don't actually know. <laughs> and, and, and so yeah. he started diving deep into it. And realizing that you've got to figure this stuff out and think this through for yourself to know that you're actually comfortable in in what your beliefs are because you've gone through right. it and thought it through. And and it was it took a long time to read that blog series, but it was well worth it to give that sort of framing of yeah, critical thinking and you know how how we need to make these decisions. It's so easy to think you've done the work to make the decision because you have it set in your head. 
But when someone yeah. questions it, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't actually quite know why I think that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's not, you know, I don't think you're doing your kids any, you know, you're doing them a disservice by not setting them up for, you know, you got to help reason through things, uh, you know, to help them. I yeah. think that helps them to be able to, yeah. And, and you know, you, you see people, oh, I'm just doing this because, you know, that's what I was told to do. But does it make sense to you that you're doing that? Yeah. <laughs> why, why are you doing that? You know? Um, so yeah, it's important. I, I like to think owning that you don't know as well is quite good with the kids. You know, there's yeah. so many times when it would be so easy to just go, ah, oh, it's this, uh, or that just to, cause you're busy. And, and I've actually found it so much more fun to go, you know, what? I don't know. Let's have a look. Let's dive in. What, what questions can we ask the interwebs to try and come up with, <laughs> with an answer for this? And do we trust that? Like, what do you reckon? What's your call on this? So it's, it's actually more That's, fun when you try and figure it out together. Yeah. No, I love that. That's great. Now, um, can you describe, like, you also go into things like how to be good to yourself. Like, can you describe, like, your, your thinking around that, Rob? Yeah, I think that was kind of a little bit personal. I, you know, that there's a song by Journey that says, be good to yourself. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, I'm a little older than you. So it was actually, and it wasn't one of their bigger hits, uh, but yeah, be good to yourself. Because uh, it meant something to me at the time, you know, because that was when I was trying to figure out, you know, who I was and that sort of thing and being kind to yourself. I, you know, and I, I, it means more than being, you know, it doesn't mean being selfish. It just means, you know, you need to be able to forgive yourself too. And so I, I used the, the, the acronym self and came up with, you know, serve, serving others. I think it's important to, to serve others because it actually, it's good for you, you know, not to, uh, yeah. And then the E was to exercise and eat right, you know, treat yourself right. you be good to yourself, you know, that's being good to yourself, you know, drinking pop and eating bad food isn't you know it's okay to enjoy a hamburger or whatever but you know you just got to be good to yourself that way and then l was uh the learning it learn something you know learn and grow and you know be as do as learn how to do as many things as you can possibly do people on my channel will say oh that's a mom thing why is it a mom thing you know that should be a anybody thing and you know that's fine if mom takes on that role or she's the one that usually does it but what if mom's not around or what if dad's not around you know i've it's the opposite too with, you know, changing a tire. Everybody should know how to change a tire. You're going to drive and you, Oh, you don't want to have to rely on somebody else to show up, you know, who's kind. And then the F uh, is forgiving. You know, I think it's important to forgive people because I speak from my own experience. It was, uh, I needed to forgive my dad. And I think we also need to forgive ourselves. You know, <laughs> as a parent, you're going to screw up, you're going to do stuff and you can go, ah, yeah, I did and then I, you know, six years later, I'm walking around going, ah, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we all do that. It's kind of funny because uh, have you heard of Bill Burr? Do you no. know who Bill Burr is? The, the comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah. He's pretty funny. He's cutting edge with some of his stuff. He kind of really doesn't care what people think of him. Uh, but yeah, he talks about, you know, the moment in the shower where you're thinking of something you did 10 years ago and you're like, Nah. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it really, really doesn't matter. It's 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 far back in the past. It doesn't matter anymore. But still, kick yourself for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have that saying of like, you know, learn from the past, but but don't live in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that. Yeah, it's the scene from The Lion King where uh, Rafiki hits Simba over the head, and he says, "Ah, what was that for?" 
doesn't matter. It's in the past. Yeah, exactly. I love, I love that. <laughs> now, um, one of my one of my friends recently had a baby. I mean, what advice would you have for him, or you know, for a parent that's just had a baby for the first time? Yeah, uh, I would go back to the mission statement thing. You know, uh, right now where emotions are raw, <laughs> you know, and you have that baby with you. Write down how you're feeling right now so that you can refer back to it, you know, when uh, when things get, you know, because each each stage is a little bit different. I think it's important. Uh, a few nuggets that I will throw out there. I think it's important to give your kids boundaries because I think kids thrive with boundaries. Um, people think, oh, just give them freedom to do whatever they want. You know what? Kids don't thrive in that. They actually thrive in boundaries. It's been proven. I, I like the analogy of, uh, you know, driving across a, if you picture yourself driving across a very high bridge, I'm scared of heights myself. So <laughs> just, uh, on an aside, but if you picture yourself driving across a very high bridge without those barriers, you never hit the barriers. Nobody, I mean, some people do, of course, but, um, it's rare that you would hit the barrier, but you'd never drive across that bridge without that, without those barriers there. You wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, you know, I mean, no, knowing those boundaries are there. I think it's important. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, forgiving too. I think it's just important to stay in contact with, with your kids. Like we've talked about already. Yeah. Yeah. And like you say, forgiving yourself as well as, as, uh, you know, I think that's something yeah. that I've had to work on quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. I think we all struggle with that. <laughs> now, now, Rob, I, I really love what you're doing. The, the world needs us all to step up and be kinder, um, you know, both to ourselves and to each other. So, Thank you so much for being such an inspiration and, and thank you for taking the time to share your thoughts with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Rich. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's been fun. Thanks ever so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rob as much as I did. If you'd like to find his book or YouTube channel, just search Dad, How Do I? in Google. I must say, I really enjoyed reading Rob's book, and I wish I'd had a copy when I first went to uni. Not because my parents didn't teach me things, they did a great job, it's just that the book has tons of great insights and advice for making your way in the world all in one place, and it offers advice from a place of such genuine love and care as well. Anyway, I'll put some links uh, in the show notes at thedadmindset.com. Also, Um, If you do make the cookies from Rob's mom's Christmas cookie recipe at the back of the book, be warned, they are ridiculously Moorish. I think I knocked off about seven or eight other things straight off the baking tray. Well, that's all from me. I hope you stay safe and sane. And until next time, enjoy your caffeinated beverage. (laughs) 